excited that that all worked out. Yes, it did. Um, uh, we're going to see everybody later. This has been CPCL on Mutiny Radio. Hey, what we're moving into right now is Some Call Me Tim. Well, Some Call Me Tim. It's actually going to be back. We're back to AltaCast. It's 2 o'clock. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm going to have a call by my co-host, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, at 2.15. I believe we'll be using the messenger technology. Oh, yeah. Moving ahead here at Mutiny Radio. You can always donate to our GoFundMe. Yes. It is up. It is live. It is on our website. It is everywhere. If you look up GoFundMe and Mutiny Radio, you will find it. Please, for the love of God, uh, give us some money so we can keep free speech and radical self-expression alive here in the Mission District and beyond. Uh, Some Call Me Tim is the podcast that we're in right now. I'm going to get a call from LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. Super excited about that. Find out what's been going on in the world. Because I live in a barrel of whiskey. That's not true. It's wine. That's not true. I've been taking days off. <laughs> I really have, I promise you. Yeah, because I'm do because there's so much stuff going on. So uh, tonight, Wednesday, rain or shine at Asiento, but it looks like it's going to be shiny. Well, it's nighttime, so there's no sun anyway, but no rain. Tonight at Asiento, 7.30, dinner and a show at Asiento, hilarious comics, specifically Matt Gubser, hilarious, uh, Gary Hughes, just wonderful, mean Dave, a dream, and Teddy Hull, dreamy. Now, he's great, too. He's a really funny guy, and anyway, we got people from all over the Bay, too, so it's great. And that's tonight and every Wednesday at 7.30. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite. Look up dinner and a show at Asiento or anything under Mutiny Radio Presents. And it's free to reserve. And you just buy some delicious food, tapas, and drinks at Asiento. What a lovely place. Thanks, Debbie, for collaborating with me on that wonderful project that's been going on. Safely, socially distanced, et cetera, et cetera. Just like Friday here outside the studio of mutinyradio.fm at 21st and Florida. We do outdoor comedy in the street, socially distanced chairs. You can stand, wear masks, and we do we project comedy in the street for free. Donations. You can give me money. Please, please, please. You can also Venmo, Mutiny Radio, all one word. And then there's also Saturdays at 2 o'clock in the sunshine at Atlas Cafe at 20th and Alabama, just a block here from the station. Yeah, I'm taking over the mission. Just this block. But every Tuesday, Tuesday, every 2 o'clock on Saturday, Atlas Cafe in their beautiful parklet. And last week was so much fun, and I know every week is a great time. So they have beer and wine, too. So if you're having a hangover, get on over and, uh, and visit us every Saturday at 2 o'clock. This week, Jack Ferguson, Luke Moore, Pete Ballmer, and more. I know, you're like, all oh, guys, but I'm a girl. <clears throat> you want to see this girl? at Alameda Comedy Club, opening for Hal Sparks. Hal Sparks, yes, my favorite Disney dad. I get to open for him on March 27th at the 6 and 8 o'clock show. I am over the moon. He, I've been a huge, huge fan of his for a long time. Because he's, I mean, we're like in the same age. We're both Gen Xers. Yay! Remember that generation? Remember us, Gen X? Yeah, here we are. Woo! So, I can't tell you how excited I am about opening for him. So buy your tickets now, because I'm sure they're going to sell out. All right. I'll put some music on until we get a call from LaToya. 
And, um, yeah, it's been a weird week, man. I mean, but things are good, I guess. Aren't they? Are they? I got COVID tested this morning. I get tested every week. Uh, here at the station, we're keeping things clean, changing all the mic covers every between every show. People are bringing their own mics, which is really responsible if you're a stand-up comedian. I strongly suggest that you invest in your own device for when you go to shows because it's just easier than like all this swipey, swipey, baggy, crinkles, blah, blah, blah. But we all want to be safe because, you know, we got to be safe. This shit is real. Okay, um, some music in the interim, and then we'll be back with LaToya on a phone call here at MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. Baby. Every day in the week, I'm in the fitness. 
This is much cooler. Oh, you're so clear. Oh, you're so crystal clear. Oh, yeah, man. it's so much clear. Yeah. Hell yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So what is going on? Oh, poof. What is going on with what the world? Like, is Mercury in retrograde again? Like, what's happening? Are you okay? <laughs> well, I uh, this time, well, last week I got my first uh, shot. Ooh. So. Yeah, so I got my first dose of the Pfizer. Um, How do you feel? And then How do you I feel? My... Oh, I feel fine. Um, I was, you know, I have a thing with needles, so I was a little being a little punk ass. Hmm. But, you know, it was quick, and um, I was able to get the first one, and then next week, that's the one that's going to be the doozy. So next week, I get my second shot. And then Sweet. I'll probably, I don't know. And then what does it mean? Walk do, around the neighborhood. Do they give you, um, they give you um, like a button or a, a thing? Like, what is it? Did they give you a pamphlet that was like, here's what the vaccine yeah, does. Yeah, this is so, why it's uh, ultra important for everybody to get it. Yeah. So they gave us information and stuff like that on, you know, why to get the vaccine and, you know, all that. And it, it talks about like, you know, if there are side effects and stuff. So, but um, what's really cool is, so once you get your, uh, your shot, you sit um, for about like 15 minutes and it's an area where they call to see like if basically if you have any side effects, cause they want to make sure that, you know, you don't just up and leave and get vaccinated and then, you know, you get a, a reaction. Right, right. So, you know, you sit in an area for about 15 minutes and so. But yeah, it was in my neighborhood, so that was pretty cool. So was it free? You know, yeah. Um, my homegirl, she, you know, she has some political clout, and she was able to put me on the list. Wow. Um. So. And what yeah. does it mean? Does that mean that now you don't have to wear a mask anymore? I mean, I'm I'm playing dumb, uh -uh, kind of, that's, but masks yeah, are for so everyone. So, ladies and gentlemen. Forever. No, I'll keep a mask on, still practice so social distancing. Um, you know, I, I'm still going to slightly quarantine, though I'm slowly coming out a little bit. But um, yeah, practice all the same precautions. Don't change anything up. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out here going about, you know, once you get, you know, your vaccine, you know, you're fine and you don't need to wear a mask. Uh-uh, no, no, still practice everything that we learned you know don't be like texas <laughs> well again i haven't been sick it's been it's been a year now since the lockdown and yeah, I, I haven't had a cold. our anniversary is coming up anniversary is coming and i haven't had a sickness i haven't had a cold it's been it's been great and if that's because you know everyone's wearing masks and gloves and and there isn't chlamydia on the 22 like that's great i'm not catching like <laughs> a virulent flu from taking the nine and like i mean come on it it's a, it's not, it's not a bad thing to not, to not get sick. So. Yeah. I noticed that too. And I read this probably about a couple of weeks ago about like, you know, um, how the flu has been down Yeah, though. We have something worse than your basic flu. It's called COVID, sure. but that encodes our colds, you know, are down too. But I really think, you know, it has something to do with, of course, us quarantining, but the, the mask does help you prevent from like, you know, this is the cold and flu season yeah. or we're about to come out of it, I should say. And 
you know, wearing a mask and keeping your distance, you know, I don't, you know, not I shaking hands, not, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a touchy kind of person, so I do miss yeah. hugs, but I think wearing a mask and not coughing all on each other and sneezing and, yeah, and you know, jam really hands. helps with it. I mean, people yeah, picking oh their noses and biting their nails oh and God. touching everything and scratching their butts <laughs> and being on the bus and all that stuff. No, we're gross. People are gross. People spitting out the window of the bus. That used to happen all the time. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. I don't see anybody spitting out the window. That I'm was a so common glad. occurrence two, hour, two years ago. It was totally. Yeah, people just standing was, up spitting so out the bus. It, yeah, throwing, spitting, eating sunflower seeds. Don't get me into sunflower seeds. I lose my mind over sunflower seeds. People cracking them in their mouths, spitting them on the bus. I'm like, you rude motherfucker. You respectless jerk. You have things in your mouth, and you're spitting them onto the floor of a public entity, a transportation. It's, like, gross. It's so gross. Like, I remember sometimes getting on on buses and seeing that you know someone spit on the ground. Mm. Or someone decides to open a window and just pop a loogie yeah, outside i'm just, just right like, outside you? there could have been a, like, a person who? on a bicycle driving by like what a nightmare you're just riding your bike san francisco la 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 and someone just spits out a bus window. dear god that's an assault <laughs> it's it's yeah it is and it's just it's just trifling well it's just really trifling I, and i've learned and it, it, it it's one of the things that's been great for COVID is that people are actually having some sidewalk politics where before people just looking at their phones, walking around, like running into people, people too close, not seeing just, I mean, you don't even get a chance to give anyone a shoulder anymore. People are actually more cautious of their radius in public. And it's, it's one of the positive things of COVID is that there's a little bit more self-responsibility of our own personal space and where we are moving through space and what's around us and I feel like people are more in tune to it than they were in the past like I've always been in tune to it because I'm like oh my god but um I feel like other people now are starting to recognize and feel like where the people are around them like how much distance I think you know also too going back to preventing like some of the things that I you know I do appreciate coming up on our first anniversary uh I do appreciate a lot of stores and places and restaurants now always having sanitizer on deck. I always yeah. carry it. Um, but I think that also helps with, you know, co- you know, I didn't, I really, this is how naive I am. You know, I was really naive to think that people were that disgusting that they wouldn't wash their hands. Now I've told many stories before on this podcast about, when I worked at a bar in Chicago and I would say men go straight into the bathroom, use the toilet and not wash their hands. Mm. And I would call and shame them <laughs> and they would go right back in and wash their hands. Cause that's just gross. Yeah. But I didn't think that I would have to read articles within this past year about forcing people to wash their hands. Yeah. When this is something that you learn from home, Unless, you know, your parents are shitty and nasty because there's a plenty of them or or in, or in like Head Start in kindergarten to always wash your hands. And you sing row, row, row your fact, boat. You sing the whole row, row, row your boat gently downstream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. That's how long you're supposed to wash your hands for. Supposed to wash your hands. And that's yeah. what you do with little kids. You sing that song. I did it yesterday with a four-year-old. 
we th- we sing the song and I'm like and I thought when I was doing it after her I was like that's a lot longer than I usually wash my hands actually <laughs> but now I'm you know I'm singing the damn song getting it done so, yeah you know it's just like I was like I mean I just remember in the beginning and like while we're in the heart we're still in the heart of the shit but yeah. Like in the beginning, I'll say the first six months of reading these articles about, you know, people washing your hands and how long you should wash your hands and, you know, carrying sanitizer and just, you know, and it was just like, wow, these are journalists that have to tell grown ass adults about washing their freaking hands. Yeah. It, it, it's just like the adults have are the new children. I mean, we obviously adults are children. I mean, we have we still have the issue of people. Uh, going maskless and having their uh, tirades about wearing a mask. Like um, in I- Idaho uh, this past weekend, they had a mask burning session in Boise. Dear God. Yeah. And so you have these little kids throwing their mask and say, here, little mask burn- burning the fire. And of course, you know, their local and state government, you know, are anti-mask because Oh, by the way, I didn't know that Idaho did not have a mask mandate at all. No, but there's a federal so. mandate um, because every time I'm on the bus, they say, you must wear a mask. By federal mandate, you must wear a mask. And so it is. It's, I mean, at least well, on public transportation, it's a federal mandate. Well, because that's the, the, the Biden administration. Oh, I see. Okay. But, yeah. Gotcha. But for them, the past, you know, even, you know, when our, pre- our previous president, held it up to the states, even Idaho, you know, they didn't even have a mask mandate, but that's neither here or there. But the fact of the matter, you got people still burning masks, yeah, terrible. these anti-mask, you know, they're never going to go away. So, and most likely they probably won't get the vaccine. So it's, it's almost like they're putting a death sentence on themselves, but we've been talking about them for a whole year. And so, you know, at this point, maybe they're on limited time. Who knows? I, uh, everything is so, everything is so in the air right now. Like, I was thinking, oh, should I try to do another comedy festival in August, first week of August, and have it all be outdoors? But then I'm like, do I really want to try to plan something for five months in advance? That seems kind of crazy in this environment. To, to think five, five and a half months in advance. Because whatever plans I put in place probably will not come to, fr- I mean, what could you, I still think that right now we're in this sort of false land of security where everyone's getting their stuff, but the, this big second wave that was supposed to happen hasn't happened. And is it like, did we stave off the second wave or is it still coming? And then I feel like, oh no, I'm letting the fear mongers get to me and I'm letting, and then I think, oh shit, is that what they're trying to push is fear? But then I'm like, no, this is real. So uh, for me, there's so much cognitive dissonance about they've lied to us so much in the past. What could they be lying to us about now? This is a real disease. It really does this. Is right. what is, are people getting unemployment? Is this going to happen? Am I, am I ever, is what people are people are sending me messages on facebook just like that i barely know saying just reaching out like i'm freaking out i don't know what to do i'm worried about food and stuff and i'm like i i know 
I was like, apply for food stamps. Well, no shame in the game. But there's there's some good news on that front. So today the stimulus package got uh, passed today good. in the Senate. And so the only downfall is the $15 is not on there. And so that's the downside. But the upside is we will be getting $1,400 checks. Um, I believe there's, um, you probably want to look into the PPP again or read about the, pa the package that's in there. That's in the pack. Yeah, things that are in the package right now. Yeah. Um, Uh-oh. It's also proprietorship stuff. Uh, I need, I just need to. Oh, and unemployment is um, also going to be um, extended. I have to call them so, again and be like, "Remember the PUA? What were you going to help? No one's. They haven't helped me yet. They're supposed to. They're supposed to. I don't know. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do anymore. I'm just trying to live day by day and hold it together. It's like that old Eddie Murphy movie where he plays himself and someone else, and it's his name is Kit. And he goes, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Oh, and that's Bowfinger. It's so funny. And I've just been thinking lately, like, as I'm going about my life, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Like, hippity hop along, keep doing what I'm doing, try my best every day, trying to do something to forward the station or to forward myself, get that EDD money somehow, dear God. But I know I've got a Thursday is my day where I can, like, be on the phone with them all day. Because I do, you have to call 50 times. And I just know now, I just, I know how to do it. You just have to invest the time, put it on speakerphone. You press one, and then you wait about a minute and 11 seconds, and then you press one again, and then you press two, and then they hang up on you, and you call again, and you do it like 54 times, and then eventually you get someone, and you're like, ah, and you take them off speaker's phone, and you go, oh my God, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, you're a person, I'm so happy, thank God bless you, you're an angel, you were, I'm sure you used to work for a suicide hotline, and I love you, and you're amazing, and then they help you a lot, and then, and then sometimes it doesn't work, and then you have to go back and do it again, so I have to... It's owning it. This is the difference is that owning a small business is completely different than anything else. Um, it's different. You don't ever pay wages. And there's all this weird stuff that I, I, I don't have an MBA. I, it is over. I'm not an economics person. I'm a creative, like I'm a hustler. And so all of these like following I mean and I've tried I keep applying for things and not getting them and I'm like what happened what's going on so I just have to remember to yeah. keep on it like hey London Breed whatever happened they told us in October 10th it was my birthday and I was so excited and you announced that you were going to give a thousand dollars a month to 140 from 140 to 160 artists in San Francisco you had the budget to to give them UBI for six months and where did it go? And I keep asking them, when are you going to have the applications? The applications haven't come out. I don't want to miss this because it is my opportunity. Oh, my God, $1,000 a month would change my life here at Mutiny Radio. It would completely change everything. Because then right. it would make everything else I'm already doing to keep the station alive. Then I would actually be able to pay myself and not, like, feel guilty about taking money out of the rent for the net. I mean, but I have to pay myself. Anyways, it's so – I don't want to complain about it on the air. I feel like a dick. But you can um, go to our GoFundMe, which has been re-upped, and it's on um, our website and everywhere else. Look up at GoFundMe, Mutiny Radio, or just Venmo money to Mutiny Radio, all one word, Mutiny Radio. It has a Bert and Ernie logo. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, or you can just send me a check in the mail to Mutiny Radio, 278 121st Street. San Francisco. I love hard checks. Have, That's the way I roll. I have, like I have, I have a little bit of coin 
since I've been saving up a little bit, so I'll be able to contribute. Mm. It won't be a lot, but it'll be something. Every penny, you, you know, and uh, you count the pennies, I'll count the dollars. I'll count the pennies, you count something. My grandma used to say that to me all the time. I never really understood what it meant, but you know, dimes to donuts. You count well, the pennies. I'll you know, I, I feel you on what you were just talking about with the, you don't know, you know, uh, what's going to happen next and planning things out. And like, I kind of had a little, uh, a low day as you could, I, I guess I, I was you depressed get the COVID on blues? Monday. You got the pandy blues. Well, yeah, I because going, you know, with what you were just talking about, I was feeling that same way of like, you know, it's been a year just about since the last time I worked. You know, though I'm in school, I, you know, I can't, you can't be on unemployment forever. No. So, you know, the thing is, it's just like, so if I'm going back to school, I am going to need some kind of income because I don't, you know, I don't believe in just dealing with student loans and just living off loans. That is no way, you know, I want to be a part of that. No, I'm already that paying back student loans, so I don't not, I don't want to add to it. What about those student also... loans forgiveness? Didn't they promise us that? Student loan forgiveness, <laughs> just wipe out the debt. That that was just one of those broken promises. And that irritates me. <laughs> that really irritates me because there are a lot of people that, you know, that did go back to school in the time of COVID because their industry is dead. So yeah. with things slowly, I'm trying to find the word not normal. I don't want to say normal. Yeah, it's I'll never, just say normal anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I just say opening up. Um, it, you know, the thing is, you know, people are going to have to work somehow, some way. And I'm not even talking about the hospitality business. It's just, you know, making some kind of ends meet. Yeah, yeah. And We're so it, it's just like one of the, yeah. And it, it's like, you know, it's having those moments of like, I don't know what to do. You know, there's no guarantee, you know, what if five months from now, you know, all my unemployment is gone and then things aren't quite open, you know, they're half-assed or I can't find work, all these things. Right. And then what do and, people tell you? And then the first thing they say is, well, why don't you just get an OnlyFans? And it's like, gosh, darn it. Come on. Why does it always have to be like, I, I mean, and, and, and hey, and no shame, no know. shame in the game. But I just get angry when that's people's first response when I'm like, I have no idea how to make money. And they're like, only fans. Uh, I, I joked about that so many times as well, you know, and that was, you know, quite often. But in reality, in order to get that kind of coin on oily fans, you have to be constantly on there. And there's no guarantee that you'll be making money doing that anyway, you know, so you know, I'm thinking in the reality of things because I totally agree with what you're talking about. I was one of those people that would say like, why don't you get an OnlyFans? Yeah. And I really actually thought about doing some foot fetish stuff. Sure. But but I know in my right mind, I'm like, I'm not going to do that but then shit. How do I, I, know, chase, I know me. How do I chase down those people? How do I get those people to follow me? How do I get them to not follow me in comedy? How, how do I get them to do give me money on the internet but then not stalk me in real life because I'm a real person in real life that's out and about and everywhere I mean if I like started some kind of like weird I, I mean I think I'm already too out there like I'm too public as a person to 
to have it wouldn't there's no way to maintain anonymity with it and they would obviously cross over and so then I'd be like I don't know it would make me it, it would I don't know how it would make me feel but I wouldn't be okay with it because I want well, people to pay one, me for I, comedy I don't want them to pay me because I'm because uh, why would you want to see my boobs like really or I mean I don't know like are people's bodies that in like over the yeah, over yeah. the internet like it just doesn't even seem it seems kind of silly to me I don't know well I, I mean I I, I I'm, my thing is I salute anyone that can do that, but in the rea reality of things, what you just said is like, so how am I going to get these followers, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's the thing is, if you're making, if, you, if it's just something that you just want to try and make some small coin, yeah, but I really think in the reality of things, it's not something that is guaranteed, you know. You, I, and I, we talked about the story, I think this is about a month ago, I mentioned about the former uh, female pastor who now makes almost a hundred grand on OnlyFans and, mm -hmm. and stuff. That's that's just one out of how many videos uh, or channels that they have on OnlyFans now. Right. I mean, so it, it, it's not so it's realistic. a naked pastor. And he, yeah, it's a naked pastor. She's a former pastor. Yeah. And now she still does um, Bible verses naked, and she has thousands of fans no 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 she she does only fans now she's a former uh i don't know if she reads bible quotes or anything <laughs> that would be kind of cool because that's but, the only um, thing i could think of that would be like i i mean i just can't imagine that anyone would want to see like a 46 year old woman you know i can't i can't even surprised. twerk i'm so white i can't even make my ass golf clap what am i going to do on an only fans where they like type in like twerk and I'll be like, do you just want to make fun of me because I don't know how to twerk or you want to look at my flabby tushy, you know, s slamming around in the computer screen? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Just maybe I'm yeah, naive. Maybe it, it's, you know, men are baser and, then, and easier and dumber than I think. I, I don't know. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and then, you know, you, we also have, um, you know, there are a lot of industries that are dying. Um, and then I mentioned, I, I believe the last time we talked about the teachers, a lot of teachers oh leaving. Oh my God. I had a conversation. Due to. That it's a stupid way to try to teach and an even stupider way to try to learn. I want, I'm babysitting now for a, just a darling child. And when I got there, she was in preschool in quotations on a zoom. It was zoom preschool and it blew my mind. This is a four-year-old, but I mean, that's the, that's the future is like it. Then I was at the park with her and I met another parent and she has a six-year-old and um, the kids were all playing with masks and I had masks on and we were talking masks and we were at the park, we were outside, but she was saying like, it's insane to make her six-year-old daughter spend seven hours a day, six to seven hours a day in front of a computer also she has glasses and she was like she got a note from her doctor that said this is not okay for my child who already has compromised vision to have to sit in front of a computer for six to seven hours a day for learning purposes when she's in you know first kindergarten first grade remember when kindergarten used to be like hey we're playing this game and now we're doing this and it's all about like learning how to be in a group with other people right. and not hit them and but, listen to the teacher but, and but that's sing something a song. that but that's something that was not in 
ever be anyone's control because we can't, you remember they tried to uh, send kids back to school in certain states uh, early in the fall and look how that turned out. Schools had to close back up because there was an outbreak. So, you know, that's for people's safety. And I get that. My point is the fact that the stress of the, of the teachers of where not only you're not in the classroom, but you're still having, you know, the paychecks, the money, you know, the fact of the matter that a lot of, there's a lot of part or teachers that have part-time jobs that don't have those part-time jobs anymore because right, right, they have right. to pay their student loan back or their mortgage and just how the school systems treat the teachers on top of what you were just discussing with having to teach online Can you imagine or even teaching? kids not showing up. Well, but think about being, if you were a kindergarten teacher forever and you've been doing it for like, you know, and you all of a sudden you have to do it on a computer I mean, wrangling children, but that's the thing too, is if we're teaching with this Zoom school thing, you're really asking the parents to be there too. Because the parents, you can't put a five-year-old in a room without any supervision and be like, just stare at that screen for six hours. Like the parent also has to be there to be like, stay engaged and you're doing this and da-da-da. I mean, the teacher can't possibly remotely teach children. It's impossible. It's, they're giving them an impossible task. I mean, I know it's the best of whatever they could do, but I almost feel like they should have just said, fuck school right now. No. Parents are, but parents, oh, because no. all the, let the no. teachers, let the teachers get the unemployment too. It is, it is an impossible task. It is a Sisyphusian, pointless task to ask teachers to roll that boulder up the hill. It's just going to fall down. No one's paying attention. No one's learning anything. How can you learn? How can children learn by staring at a computer all day? They're just going to learn how to get headaches and take more drugs because uh, they, their eyes hurt. I I disagree with that completely because even I take my courses online, though I'm not a child. Uh, <laughs> um, I, it's not that hard. The problem is, though, um, Teachers should have got paid more. They should have been paid, being paid when they were in the classroom in the first Absolutely. place. That's for starters. Yeah. But the problem is, too, if we would have tagged tag things on earlier on by having, I don't know, every month uh, households getting money every month, like a stimulus for every right, month, you right, know, like right. what Hannah did, was doing. UBI, it would have been baby. easier because, right, yeah, because we, you know, the problem is now you're having parents or even single parents that have to quit their jobs in order for their kids to, so they can be there to, yeah. for class. And so now you have a lot of uh, women leaving the workforce. Wow. And so everyone's and with leaving that, the workforce. Are we ever going to get to becomes, go back? There, there becomes, we have a child poverty uh, issue, which we've had even before COVID. Yeah. We've had that before COVID. Yeah. So one but, in four children you know, in the United States goes to bed hungry. One in four kids doesn't have yeah. enough to eat and goes to bed going, geez, I wish I had more food. And that's, that's insane. A, yeah. I mean, I do think, you know, I'm glad that there ha- there are Zoom classes, but the problem is it's not even just, you know, the Zoom classes. It's the parents, too, because you've got some parents who shouldn't have even procreated <laughs> and Speaking that don't 
this is the first time that they've ever been in their child's life uh-huh. where they have to pay attention to, you know, what's going on in their kids um, online with school, or they just neglect them, uh-huh. you know? So it's, it's just, you know, I mean, we had an issue before COVID, but now I think it's even worse and kids are falling back behind. Yeah. I mean, don't, I mean, you have to understand the United States, the American school system is way, way underperforming. Yeah. Well, there's a, I just recently watched, I'd watched it before, but I watched it again recently because it's such a good movie and it's called Captain Fantastic and it's on Netflix right now. And if anybody it's that movie a, sounds familiar. It's a really good. It has Viggo Mortensen in it, and he's amazing uh, looking. But also, I've seen that. Uh, he's a really good actor. And so he has six children, and he's raising them in the forest to be totally self sufficient and kind of like Ralph Waldo Emerson's, um, uh, kind of like David Thoreau, the 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 pond and all that stuff. And um, but they're all working out all the time and killing deer and he's raising them to be like these little philosopher kings it's and it's a it's a crazy movie because it it talks about the a lot about socialism and the capitalist structure and and how our how the united states in such a short time has just embraced capitalism which just destroys humanity because in order for capitalism to thrive somebody has to be hurt someone's neck has to be stepped on in order for capitalism to thrive and um Unfortunately, in the past, um, we Americans were all Americans and we weren't the ones being stepped on. But now it looks like our own government, in order for capitalism to continue thriving, they have to step on us because they're like, gosh darn it, we can't step on Bangladeshi necks anymore. So now it has to be. And um, it's going to be an interesting transition, I think, for, for a lot of white people who've never experienced their government hating them before <laughs> to start <laughs> being like, Wait, and then all the black and brown people are like, uh, excuse me, we've been dealing with this since the beginning of t- since the beginning of this nation. Welcome to our world. Hello. And it's it's just the problem is that capitalism isn't nice. And so if there's a winner, that means there's a bunch of losers. And we all just decide that I, I, I can't believe everybody buys into this game. That's the thing that just makes me like so confused. And then people go, well, why won't you? Why didn't you buy in? Why didn't you buy in? And I, I did buy in. I bought in in my early 30s and I bought the house and I had the debt and I did everything right. And I was going to have the kids and I had the spa and I was living that middle, like I was driving the BMW. And you know what? I wasn't happy. I didn't like it. And now that I'm, you know, ostensibly poor, but I'm so much happier and my I have so much less need and COVID didn't really, my life is almost exactly the same as it was right before COVID. And when people are like, like, oh, I haven't been getting any money from like, you know, any, as much help as everyone else is getting. They're like, why? And I'm like, well, I never have. So nothing has changed for me is my point. I'm still hustling and I'm going to try to hustle more, but I mean, they didn't give me that. They still haven't given me that California grant. They've gone through two rounds and they haven't given me my five grand. I'm like, do you care about my small business, California? I guess they don't. They're like free speech. Is you know, what's idiots. sad is, what's sad is, you know, I think it's going to be even harder with, you know, you know, once the economy goes back to whatever it was and it wasn't normal um, because most people live uh, below poverty, 
I, I think it's going to be harder now for new businesses to start, oh, Absolutely, you know, because, you know, it's going to take a while for us to recover economically. Because again, we still have millions of people out of work. You have millions of, now you have millions of people losing their home. Yeah. You know, there are more people becoming impoverished and you know and then people they don't have money to spend which means if you open a small business selling you know organic baby clothes or something it just means that no one has money to buy your stuff there we go except the people except the people who bought in like everyone how do you like what kind of business can you possibly start at all the you're only allowed to do takeout food now so what's the point of i mean it it's so starting a business in COVID or even after it's even trying to get the businesses that shut down to come back is going to be a struggle, let alone, Hey, I've got an idea to start a new business. What? Like that's, uh, and then uh, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, man. I don't have any hands anymore. Like, how can I, (laughs) how can I, I really, you know, I I'm hoping that that saying is going to be like dead and gone because because obviously we know that is a very conservative right-wing uh, talking point that they always do. But it's funny because those corporations and those tax cuts don't sound like pulling up from bootstraps. Right. Those exactly. sound like handouts to me. Right. I'm just saying. Exactly. And so how can you have bootstraps when, you know, you didn't even have the boots in the first place. Right. Or it's, that's not and funny. So, they give you, us straps, but we have no boots. And they're like, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. And it's like, all I got is straps. And they're like, are you hungry? <laughs> Aren't you going to make dinner out of those straps? Like they're leather. You could make like a nice stew maybe and sort of <laughs> gnaw on it like a dog. Did we not give you enough? Did we not give you enough? It's like, did a you- A shoelace stew. Exactly. Yeah. Hobo stew, baby. <laughs> oh, it's all going to be okay, though, I guess, or not. I mean, I'm healthy. That's good. I can still do that. Yeah. Yesterday at the park, I was doing cartwheels. I mean, I'm 46, and I can do handstands and cartwheels, and I haven't gotten sick in a year. And yeah. And I, and I get to do four comedy shows a week. And, oh, check this out. This is exciting. I get to open up for Hal Sparks on um, – What? I know, and he's such a political pundit, and it's so incredible. And – Queer as folk That's and also. Talk Soup and I know and he was my favorite Disney I dad. I him on Talk Soup. He's so great on Talk Soup. I know I'm so old. I'm when like, is I remember this? Talk Soup. March 27th at Alameda Comedy. They have an outdoor stage and space, heated outdoor patio stage space. And uh, I get to open for Congrats. him at the 6 and 8 o'clock show. I get to meet him. So I only talked to the, the owner, Patrick Ford. I've performed there a, a handful of times. And I was supposed to open for Taylor Tomlinson and Irene too, but Taylor Tomlinson couldn't be there. She was at another thing. Something happened. And so he said, oh, sorry, Pam, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. But then I looked at all the other people that were coming and I saw how Sparks was coming and I was like, oh, and I sent him a message and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, Patrick, I am a super fangirl for Hal Sparks. I'm a super, super fangirl. I've seen every episode of Disney's Lab Rats. He's my favorite Disney dad and he isn't even like a dad. He's like a cool eccentric millionaire and he becomes a dad, but he's not a dad and there's this weird thing. And it's like, he's awkward and funny and the other guy, anyways, it's great. And there's so many seasons. I've seen every season. I've even seen the season when they jump the shark and they actually go under the shark and there's an underwater speed train that goes to an island of bionic children oh yes how sparks and this i mean he's just so versatile so there was that and then he was on queer as folk that was on 
Showtime, and then Talk Soup. Showtime. And then, um, you know, he's in Dude, Where's My, Where's My Car? Zoltar. Zoltan. And then other things. And then, um, and now he does all of this political punditry on YouTube, and he has this channel, and he goes live, like, every day, and he breaks down. He basically kind of does what we do, except he's how fucking sparks. And he stops this video, stops and starts it, and breaks it down. He's like, look what they're doing now. There's a black hand giving money to a white hand. And now there's a white hand giving that money back. And he just, he stops it. It was crazy. So I've been watching him on that, too, because I'm, like, fangirling out on all his things, because I'm like, I'm going to open for him. Ah! So I just sent him a message to say, like, I want to meet you this guy. You aren't lying. I know. I'm a fangirl. So I, I just sent him a message to say, like, I just would like to meet him on that night. And he's like, you wanna, do you want to do 10 minutes? And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, which show? And he's like, both shows. So I'm like, I get to hang out with him, I guess, or whatever, like, if he talks to me. But because I'm on the 6 and 8 o'clock show, which means we have time to burn in between. And I get to, like, watch his set and be so excited. And the only thing, so so is that I don't, like, fuck my shit up. The only thing I'm going to do, because I have a show at 2 o'clock at Atlas every Saturday. I'm not going to drink at all until after my second set. I might have a beer in between, at, after my 6 o'clock set, before my 8 o'clock set, I might have a beer. But I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to fuck this up. Drinking is the only thing I ever do that fucks me up com- comedically. Because my timing gets off, and I get fake hubris and I think I'm better than I am and it's and I so no drinking I'm gonna do my two o'clock show I'm gonna get to my six o'clock show I'm gonna have I'm gonna I'm gonna do two different sets too at the six o'clock and the eight o'clock show I'm gonna do different sets because I'm gonna try to impress the hell out of house parks and we'll see if he even (laughs) pays attention but um but I want to do different jokes at both sets to be like you know and then talk to him in between and be like and then try not to like freak out because He's a Disney dad. That's like my dream job. My dream job right now would be to be like whooshed down to LA for week for weeks or what you know, like keep this up here sort of, but then also have like to be a Disney mom and do a couple shoots and stuff for a season and then come live back up here or whatever. But I feel like I'd be a really good Disney mom. I always preferred Nickelodeon. That's just me. Either way. I mean, they're, I know they're, they're not owned by the same people, but like any of those shows, like I could easily be the mom character. And they usually choose like comedians anyway. And uh, <laughs> I, I do like the, I do appreciate your fanning girl out. Wow. It's how sparks. <laughs> but, but I really, but no, I think it's really cool that you're opening for him. So. Most likely, I'm sure there's going to be some uh, speak, you know, with him being a Disney dad and all, and you know, D- Disney being the, you know, the the network of princes and princesses and kings and queens. I'm sure there'll be some like royal family jokes up in there. Well, he's super <laughs> political. Like, uh, he, I, I'm excited to see like what he does. I'm going to be doing the majority of my most political stuff i'm gonna end let me like do abortion jokes because i love those and they're like but i'm gonna try to be (laughs) smart and political because his stuff is like that so i'm just i'm just i'm just excited i'm like oh look opportunities for pam this is this is unusual and exciting and i guess this is also the cool side of the the, or the upside of you know us being shut in uh, for almost a year is the fact of moments like these 
where because he i'm sure he needs to get paid too because again hollywood wasn't working for a very long time and people accustomed to a lifestyle are struggling as well so and, and i've noticed you've been seeing people certain celebrities you know being seen in places that you wouldn't think they would be you know um and i think the fact that now that some of them have to come down to back to back down to earth a little bit is kind of showing how the normalcy of everybody if that makes sense it does i like you things know. small like 30, 30 seats is where I always feel most, 30 to 50 seats is always where I felt most comfortable. Even, even when I owned a theater business back in the day, like I loved my 50 seat theaters because I felt like 50 seats, I can sell that out. You know, 30 seats, mm-hmm. I can sell 30 seats. I can 30, sell 30 seats on a weekly basis or a, for a play I could sell, you know, it would be like 16 shows at 50 seats each. And, and it's a, it's a daunting task to think, I mean, I look at some of the venues that are like 120, 150, like Cobb's 400 seats. I just don't feel like I could ever sell 400 seats. Oh, my God. But with where I am and what I'm doing, 30 to 50 seats weekly, yeah, I got this. And and that's what, I, I, was, plus, oh, I'm sorry. That's what I was doing before the sense. pandemic. And now that's as big as it gets. So it's like, thank you. Yeah, I'm like, woohoo! Everybody came down to my level, yay! And I knew what I was doing down here. <laughs> like, I, I know how to do the little stuff. All this big stuff, like, I don't get it. I don't know how that works. Right, and that's the thing. Like, you, a lot of artists now, you know, you're not going to be able to play for like hundreds and thousands of people, not for a very long time. And so, whatever you can get, if it's thirty to sixty people you know, in a healthy environment or an outdoor spread out is, you know, it's, it's the intimacy. That's the word I'm looking for. Intimacy of your audience is something that is, it, it it seems like now that's what any kind of theater or, or, you know, comedy or music, this is where, where it has, what it has to be for a while, you know, due to the fact, uh, due to the fact of this virus. And I guess that is the the positive side of having to spin change things, where it's just like, well, you know, it 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 gives also to uh, the audience hunger to go out and wait in order to be an audience member in that thirty seated right, right. space. You know, it makes you appreciate, and I think this is probably going to be the turning point of the arts where the intimacy of the theater is going to come back because we're so used to the stadiums and arenas. Right, and, right. you know, like you said earlier, the 450-seat theater, which is still small in contrast if you're, like, selling out Carnegie Hall or something. Right, right, like right. That. Or you're at Warfield, 4,000 seats, something like that. Well, there's a new right. – I, I saw um, in Japan, I saw an article on it, um, Kirsten Brandt, she's the – artistic director of the San Jose rep and she passed it around and it's this new theater stop they're doing it in Japan but it's it's round this and the stage is in the center and people sit on the side and they have peepholes you know like or little doors that they look through and it's just them oh, or wow. another person and they're all in these cordoned off so in between them are 
So the so it looks like a actually the stage looks like a COVID. So imagine if you're above a COVID and you're looking down, but the stage is all in the center, and all the actors, some of them have masks on, some of them don't. One of them was in a was in a plastic box. He did not have a mask on, but he was in a plastic box on stage. So all the people surrounding watching had a different view of what was happening of the action, but they were all safely sequestered in their own boxes, looking through, you know, little eye viewfinders into the center where the play was happening, where some people were, you know, embalmed in plastic sheets and didn't have masks and other people were walking around with masks and it was a play. And just the concept of that is so just using COVID to break the ideas of theater and having a whole new set convention and stage convention and how one watches a play and how one sees it from their own perspective and maybe the person on the other side is seeing almost a completely different play and that you can see the eyes of the audience in weird boxes like all of that is just some like higher order art thinking where i'm like whoa and and this i didn't even know what the story's about it's it's the future it's just the future is cool yeah artists will find a way it gives me it gives me peep show vibes which I, I, you know, I, yeah. I'm keen on that too. I always wanted to go to a peep show, but that's the thing. I really think that there's going to be, you know, an, an incumbent of a, a, a way to show your art form now, not just with online and digital. We know that, we know that new art form, blah, blah, blah. But where if we do have to go, if we do decide to go to the theater and see something live, we're going to have to be a little bit creative yeah. or patient you know, sure. whereas like, you know, back in the day, they used to actually have matinees, live matinees, so different types of people could go see them. Like yeah. some some artists had to perform like maybe six times a day, you know, so they could at least get their art form out to the masses. Yeah, so bring it back. I really think there is, yeah, so I think that's where we're at. And it's raining. And it's is already it raining? It's sunny. Now. It's sunny in the mission. Is it class time for you? It's three o'clock. It's already three o'clock. I know. The time just flew. I know. <laughs> that we, went by too quick. It did. It did. But we went we went all the way around the horn. And um Yeah, as usual. <laughs> and and good luck in school. Are you liking it on Zoom? Is it fun? I I do. I actually like my class. I don't mind it on Zoom. I you know, I, I do miss physically going to a class, mm -hmm. but I, I, I don't mind this because it's actually making me, you know. I think I'm paying attention a little bit more hmm. uh, rather than when I'm in the classroom amongst my peers. I tend to be a talker. Hmm. So that used to get my ass in trouble all the time. So I can mute myself ah. uh, when I'm on Zoom. <laughs> nice. So I, I make myself shut the fuck up more That's rather than the teacher saying, shut the fuck up. Yeah. They never say that to me. But my yeah. problem is I'm, I'm trying but, to flirt with all the boys. So it's, it's rough. <laughs> Hey, if you go back to school, there are plenty of young ones. No, I know. Well, that's that's the reason I can never be a college professor is uh, I would be having sex with all of my students. All of them. No, I'd wait until after the semester. I mean, come on. You use the semester to make them fall in love with you, and then you have sex with them after. That's that's why, that's why I'm not a professor. It's one of the main reasons I never became a professor. I was like, I would get in so much trouble. They'd be calling me in all the time being like, Benjamin – you got to stop this. <laughs> I know I'm a terrible person. But they're of age. But they're of age. 
They're not even in my class anymore. I don't even teach that subject. Um, anyway. Uh, hey, just to let the radio audience listening know, that was a terrible sentence. Asiento tonight, 7.30, rain or shine. I think it's it's raining, stopping, raining, stopping. It's not. It's supposed to stop, so it's going to be good. It's, supposed, it's on and off. It's on and off. And uh, yeah. Latoya, I can't wait to see you again. I'm so glad that you have your vaccinations and you're going to have your second one. I was tested today. Yeah, I'm going to see what my results are again. I always get a little bit nervous when I take my test, but I've always been negative. So, but I still, it's like, it's like getting STD. an STD test. But like when, but when I was married and I'd been with the same partner and the only partner forever, and they're like, "Would you like an STD test?" And I'm like, well, "I don't see why not." And I was still nervous, and there, there's nothing I could possibly have. But you still get nervous, <laughs> anyways. It feels like that. Cool. It's, it's the fear that we were raised with, especially growing up in the era of AIDS and what had or HIV oh and what have you. So that is still programmed into your mind of like, well, I could really have something, you know. But. Well, no, it's important because you know I'm a lady of a certain age, and I like you know I'm single right now, and and everyone has to be safe. And I know none of these boys want to be safe, but I even grew up Gen X. I grew up with AIDS and STDs. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna get HPV for you. You're not that cute. <laughs> I think that's someone else's know. joke, that's... but I'm sorry, whoever's joke I stole that from. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. I think I, st- I think I stole that from someone, but I don't think she does comedy anymore, so I think it's fair game. I don't know how that works. But whoever's it was, I'm sorry, comedy gods. I st- stole that joke. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I will talk to you next week. You're the best. And um, week, stay okay. safe, stay well. Yay, LaToya, sheriff of truth. She's the sheriff of truth. She's the sheriff of truth. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. All right, so that was awesome, and I always enjoy speaking to her so much about what is happening in the world and beyond because she has wonderful critical thought. Yes! All right, I am going to put back on some probably Bughouse Square because it's like my favorite show, and um, or maybe Flat Black Plastic. That's another one of my favorite shows. Of music shows. I mean, there's so many great shows on the station right now that are actually talking shows, too, that are kind of killing it. Uh, Tuesdays from 4 to 6, you should listen to Always Free with Roach or Rachel Pinson, whatever you want to call her, depending on if you're Rainbow Family or family, family, or belly button, or people. (laughs) Okay. Tuesdays, 4 to 6, Always Free. Great time. Uh, Bobby Weaver and the house band play really great songs live and there's usually a dog party because there ain't no party like a dog party and thursdays four to six is funny people including will brown who is very funny and very amazing very wonderful we love will brown and he has a show here on thursdays from four to six and he talks to funny people and he's a good interviewer he does a lot of research it's really interesting he does research on people and then on friday at 6 o'clock. I hope that you join us either online listening to the show or socially distanced in the street outside of 278 121st Street at Florida Street in the Mission. We put out all the chairs socially distanced and people wear masks and we do comedy outside and it's fun and it's free. But I ask for donations. Please donate to Mutiny Radio at Mutiny Radio on Venmo, all one word, Bert Mooney logo. Or check out our GoFundMe if you feel super generous. Or write me a check. To Mutiny Radio and stick it in the mail. 2781 21st Street. I like the mail. San Francisco, California, 94110. And or and 
all of these things. Join me on Saturday at Atlas Cafe at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for Titans of Comedy. If you have a hangover, it's cool because they serve wine and beer. And they have really good pizza, and their sandwiches are bomb too. So I guess I'm supposed to say fire now. I'm not supposed to say bomb, what the kids say. Okay. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope that you join me tonight. And be nice to each other. Can everyone just be nice to each other? And go out and get a COVID test at least if you're not going to get your, if you're not on the list to, for the special vaccine-y stuff. Okay? Be safe. Uh, Bug House Square. Going to play some of that. And bye. Of bread and such 
You can help yourself, but don't take too much. Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child that's got his own. That's got his Business goes on as usual. The corn and the profits are high, and TVs boom in every living room. They tell us what deodorants to buy. Business goes on as usual, except that my brother. And very much alive But the dreams have all been blasted From his head In a far off land With a gun There's plenty to choose from the rack, but rumor goes that the latest thing in clothes, the latest thing in clothes, will be black. Business goes on as usual, as usual, as usual.
sunlight hurts my eyes And something without want of love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be
best you can. But it don't take much for me before my cup runs over.
can't forget tonight That's all I'm dreaming of And now you call it madness But I call it love You made a promise to be faithful By all the stars Now you call it madness But I call it love My heart is beating It keeps repeating For you constantly You're all I'm needing So I am pleading, please come back to me. You made a plaything out of romance. What were you thinking of? For now you call it madness. I call in love Talk it over one more time. 
it's been a long time Since I see you smile Make me think about When you were a child Come back now, babe Can we talk it over, oh yeah One more time Coming back, baby <laughs> Darling, please tell me so Then I won't have to worry About it coming back no more Come back now, baby Let's talk it over One more time Yes, that's uh, Lightning Hopkins playing Baby Come Back. That was it. Hey, it's Bug Out Square. It's Meanie Radio. Um, yeah, I, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm not AWOL, but um, uh, yeah, the, I'm coming back because I've been hearing stuff about the uh, absence of banter. And uh, I'm sorry, you know, I know I wanted it to, uh, uh, you know get your money's worth here so yeah yeah i i trust uh uh everyone's doing as best as they can and helping those who can't uh i'm uh i'm trying you know i mean i, I can't live that uh 100 um not that i i'm not striving for that sometimes my uh efforts uh wax and wane you know Excuse me, but they—they uh, they don't go backwards. I'm always moving forwards, and uh, with, this is what we all have to do. We just—it's—I um, don't know. Yeah, we have to educate ourselves. Uh, I think you know that's—it's uh, a, a <laughs> reasonable request. I don't know. I mean, it's like, what can you request from humanity? You know, it's a. Uh, Nothing's reasonable, and there's no request. Uh, but it's interesting how things fall out. I've been reading a lot of history lately, <laughs> and it's uh, it's I don't know. It's so stupid because it it's so repeats itself, and it's it's like really, hey, you know, like if you were like sometimes I wish I had someone um, like recording me, <laughs> like video and audio, like surreptitiously you know and i'd be and they'd be like no don't do that you know as i like put something somewhere where i shouldn't have and then i'll never find it again one of those things and they're like go back anyway 
Yeah. Um, things are going okay with me. I've had a, 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 it's a San Francisco winter. Um, God, I hear it's just like, it's like crazy. What? It's like 15 below zero in Texas. You know, that's like messed up. Those people aren't equipped to deal, man. It's not, it's not right. But, uh, you know, who knows what, you know, it's, it's crazy. The weather's crazy. It's uh, finally raining here. Um, the rain is nice. Uh, it's very nice. And, you know, I, I know we need more of it. Um, it's coming. We haven't had the, the a real quality um, uh, atmospheric river. I'm still waiting for that. You know, they, they talked about a couple earlier, but. It, it was good, but it didn't pan out like years back. You wanna, you want that certain uh, pang, you know, when you think it's like, is that, is that damn gonna hold? Because it's still raining, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, it's uh, Black History Month, February. Try to do this all, so I'm. Uh, it, it's really, it's, it's so. Uh, um, I, I mean, I. I have so many records, you know, by black artists, and so it's really, it's just kind of, um, it's, it's such a pleasure for me, because it doesn't require, like, um, there's just so much, you know, that I don't have to, like, think too hard, um, although I do, once I, uh, what's been nice is I've been pulling, just going and pulling a stack um, in one area, and then um, kind of doing a show on that, and so, um, yeah, I got one more to do, and I've got a couple more shelves to tap into, and then there's, there's some other records, so, hey, um, uh, Mutiny Radio, it's on the corner of 21st and Florida, in, in the beautiful mission, where it's always flat and sometimes sunny, uh, we're still doing it, man, it's still, Pam is, <clears throat> Pam is making it happen, she's, She's doing comedy shows like out in the sidewalk and people are, you know, minding themselves and we still have, um, you know, we were maintaining all the, the podcast archives and there's still a, a core people doing their shows that are coming into the station or doing what I'm doing, which is kind of doing it from the house and then uh, shipping it over. Um, by, uh, it's, I think it's, uh, Western Union that handles that for us. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're doing it. So if you can, if you come through the website and you see the, uh, donate button, uh, hit on that, that would be nice, uh, um, to kick in a couple bucks. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Let me grab these records. Um, Nat King Cole, <laughs> I love this record. It's like Nat King Cole, Harvest of Hits, and uh, Nat King Cole and his trio. So this is a uh, 10-inch actually, and it's probably from, it's probably from the late 50s, early 60s. So it's like the first, um, you know, 10-inch. You know, it was multi, you know, not a single, but it was 33 and a third. So very, and it's very. Uh, um, it's in really nice shape. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, Nat King Cole. Um, hold on, I'm gonna. 
I'm just going to drop those. Marvin Gaye and uh, Tammy Terrell. Ain't No Mountain High Enough. That's just a... God, that song just chills up my spine. Tammy Terrell, yeah, that was... She died young. That was sad. But she was awesome. Al Green from the Call Me record we did. Um, Here I Am. Come and take me. I don't know. That line doesn't work for me. <laughs> for for Al and his prime, man. I bet, yeah. I bet that worked. Um, Bill Withers, before that, we did... Uh, 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 um, it's... The, God, what was that? that uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lovely day, of course. Duh. Wayne Shorter we had in there. This is thanks. I'm going to thank to uh, Phil, uh, a hepcat from the, from, the, from the west side of town, um, uh, jazz aficionado. He gave me a bunch of records. Wayne Shorter from the, see, the All Seeing Eye record. Um, I think we did uh, Face of the Deep. Roberta Flack, we got in there. She's getting heavy. We did uh, Business Goes On As Usual. Roberta Flack from the uh, Chapter 2 record. Billie Holiday, we had in there uh, God Bless the Child. Um, I don't know, that version is like, that's the only one I have, I think. But it still has that chorus on it, which is, I don't know, doesn't sound right to me, but that's a great song. Prince, we did Free, I think, uh, yeah, off the 1999 record. Jimi Hendrix from, the, <laughs> I have this, uh, so when Hendrix died, there was, they still, he was still putting out records, by God. And this was one of them, it was smash hits, and I don't know, I don't know whatever they were just trying to, but, you know, in the, in the bin, you, you take, it was there, it was in good shape, it was just there. And uh, we did uh, Stone Free. That's an awesome tune. Uh, before that was from the uh, um, Watts Stacks record. And uh, it was a, a concert music from, uh, oh, God, was it? Uh, anyway, I think it was a, a uh, concert to benefit the Watts community in L.A. That's that's. That's what I'm guessing. I could open this up and read, and, and then and then we would be over. But I'm not. I'm going to leave a little mystery. I'm throwing that down on the ground. Before that, James Brown, I'm Black and I'm Proud, from that uh, Say It Loud record. Muddy Waters, from the uh, actual record that Mick Jagger was carrying when he met Keith Richards, uh, The Best of Muddy Waters. Um, this is the actual record I'm holding now. It's uh, it's not, but uh, we did um, Louisiana Blues. Bob Marley and the Whalers. We did, and we did um, uh, uh, Want More. God, that's a great song, man. I love that band. Gil Scott. Gil Scott Heron. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Something's happening now. I get like notifications on my computer, and I, I have nothing. Uh, I never did that. I never set that up. <laughs> it's never done that before. Now, uh, I hate when they do that. 
We're doomed, man. We're doomed. <clears throat> Gil Scott Heron uh, from South Africa to South Carolina. We did South Carolina. Again, Sean? No, not again. What are you talking to me? I play that song probably a couple times a year. Uh, Temptations. We uh, did uh, balls, of <laughs> balls of Confusion. And we opened up with uh, a cut off of, or a bit off of, the Afro-American's Quest for Education. It's a Black Odyssey, Adventures in Negro History, Volume 3. Uh, I got these records from a friend, uh, Barbara, a real soul sister. She was, that I, um, her husband was, uh, helped me a great deal and um he passed and um she's still she's still strong and she was moving out to another place and put out a, um what well, was going to put out records and <laughs> i'm like what are you doing she's like well i'm gonna um uh you know they're going to the junk and i'm like no 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 so i got a bunch of records and um, that was one of them that's what we opened up with uh yeah so i got this banjo you see and um i'm trying to look i'm work on my rolls <laughs> and and i'm not i'm not uh yeah it's, it's uh it's hard um i don't know why it's it's one of those things where it's these like repetitive patterns and you do them and i can do like maybe two or three and then everything goes um, haywire, uh, but, um, I'm going to get the banjo and maybe I'll, uh, and just try to play something. All right. So we'll, we'll try to, all right. My, uh, <laughs> this is great, great radio, great radio that we got that up Sweet the sound, say. 